Hey guys, it's Keith. And this is Jesse. This is New Player Has Joined. A podcast about the video games people love and why they love them. And today we're we're taking crabs from space. And we're beating and we're them to death with, with crowbars. crowbars. That's it, right, everybody. You knew what we were going to say yeah. before you clicked <laughs> on the podcast. What would you do if we were talking about a different... We're like, it's time for Smashy Crab. <laughs> the, I, the iOS game that everybody hates. <laughs> I'd be like, I gotta download this game. Yeah, Smashy Crab sounds great. Play on the subway. Gang, today we are talking about the PC classic Half-Life. If you don't know what it is... Turn off the podcast because you don't deserve to listen to this. I'm or, kidding. Or, I'm kidding. Or, I'm kidding. Stay, 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 listen, stay. Listen to the podcast stay, because we tell you what it is. It's a, it's a rather informative episode. Yeah. So there's there's that. There's a lot. There's, that. there's a lot. You it's better a, leave. You better you get be- out of here. You better. You better. You come around this neighborhood again. I'll, I'll find you. Keith. Keith. Yeah. Keith. Yeah. We talked about this. We did. We talked about you threatening our listeners live yeah. on air. Yeah. And we agreed. Yeah. That if you're going to do it, you have to follow through. Yeah. But I said it begrudgingly. Yep. And very upset when I agreed with you. Okay, well, you should have followed through. <laughs> I'm just saying, have some fucking. Calls. I care about all of you. You're doing so. Great. Don't talk to them. You're talking to me. I'm talking to you You're now. To me. I'm doing begrudgingly though. I'm doing it begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah, today, guys, it's a great episode. Half Life is one considered one of the greatest games of all time, and, and we dive into it. And you know what else? What else? Keith, Jesse, you might have noticed everybody listening at home or on the road, or those are the only two options where people exist these days. You uh, you have a job, right? Guys you have got, jobs? Good you guys for have you. jobs. Good, Good for you. you. We just do this. This is our job. You might have noticed that there is a very large section of our back catalog of episodes that just isn't online. Yeah. You just don't find it if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or iHeartRadio or you keep you, going. Whatever, Why not? You you whatnot. I mean, I, there's a ton of sites that don't have our podcasts on them, and I'm pretty upset about I'm it. I'm pretty mad about I, it. They actually, I'm, uh, genuinely, I'm pretty mad about I'm it. Pretty mad about it. <laughs> we'll talk. After. We'll talk after. And Keith, we will follow. And we'll talk after. We'll I'm talking. And oh my god. Anyway, yes, sir. our back catalog has not been available for the last what, like eight months? Yeah, but guess what, guys? But guess what? But guess what? It's back up. It's back up. If you look at our podcast episodes, you'll see more. You'll see more, including today's episode. Including today's ninety-six episodes. That's all of them. Boom! Everything's back online. So we've got about forty-two episodes that we uploaded in the last week for your listening pleasure. So, or your listening hatred. So if I don't know why. Binge all of these, and you're like, "Hey, I think I've listened to all of them." You probably haven't. No, you probably, you probably have, have about it. double the amount that you can now listen to. So go back, listen to the old episodes. They're uh, they're still chronologically ordered. So if anything comes up that you're like, "I don't think I've heard that," check it out. Check out Bo and Yang. Bo and Yang. Check him out. Just got just got added as a cast member for Saturday Night Live, and we talked to him about uh, Kirby Tilt and Tumble. And that's it. Don't listen that's, to anyone that's else. The that's the only listen, one. Listen to Kelly Nugent talk about Mass Effect Two and talk about listening. all the listening. butts. He wasn't listening. I'm never gonna, listen. gonna listen. Who else? Adam Conover talking about Fez. Heather Ann Campbell talking about Street Fighter. What about 3? games we talk about? We, we we talk about Dune. We talk about Dune. We talk about Nino Cooney. Yeah, Keith, we got Keith it out there. Rips into yeah, it. Yeah, I bit. did not like that game, <laughs> even though I liked it. I did not like it. So there's tons of stuff back there that you should all check out. Do it. Uh, give it a listen. And outside of that, you know, it's time to play some Smashy Crab. So let's play Smashy Crabby. Get get some. And if I ever see you around Keith. here again, Keith, I'll give Keith. you a hug because I'm working on it. You're sending mixed messages here, Keith. They like it. <laughs> this is New Players Joined.
Keith? What? Keith? What? What are you playing? Man. Man. <laughs> Back off of these questions and shit. Uh, no, we're playing Fire Emblem. Yeah, we are. What's his name? Ignatz? Ignatz is how they pronounce it. Ignatz. Ignatz. Man, I like Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Man, this game's pissing me off right now. What's going on? What happened, Keith? Oh, what happened, Keith? What? Aristotle. Is this a song? Aristotle. Wait, did you hear the beat he just laid down? Oh, uh, what was it going down? You just went, what happened, Keith? Oh, what happened, Keith? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Here we go. Spit about it, man. Uh, and walking down the street and playing this game. <laughs> my name is Keith, and I'm here to say. I love that every bad rap impression starts with, I'm going to say my name, and here's what I came to say. Uh, I'm bad at rap. End of song. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Ignatz. So in Fire Emblem, your characters can die. Yeah. I didn't know how you were playing and Byleth or whatever is like missing. So you're like, oh, he's just not in it or whatever. Yeah. I've played so many battles and there's so many people on the field. Wait, did you kill one of your kids and not realize I it? walked away from the computer or uh-huh. the system and I like was like, oh, he just might, might just must not be in this oh battle or God, something. You killed a kid and didn't even I didn't even because there's no <laughs> there's no like at the end of the screen. There's no like on top right yeah. saying Ignatz is dead or whatever. Yeah. It's just kind of like there's like 30 people on the map and I have to keep track of everything. Oh, he, you know what I mean? He's such a kind, gentle painter. So then I went to class to do the seminar or whatever, do my tutoring, and I saw that he wasn't in the group. Oh no. And so I have to go replay <laughs> three more hours of that game. And I was like, kind of to the point where I'm like, man, I almost want to just like take this classic mode off. Yeah. Because, uh, guys, I think I'm too good at this game, Is or the game's it? too. It's I'm one shot. It like it's not as difficult. Strategy's still fun. Yeah. But really, isn't that I'm one shotting every like you are too. Yeah. We're killing well, everything easily. I uh, the last battle was the first one where I was like, oh, I have to like work this out a little bit, and it was pretty fun because I had to split my group up for the first time. Ah. Uh, and man, Ignatz did great, mostly because I kept him alive, like a respectful human being who doesn't want to see his students just die in the To be fair, he shouldn't exist. Most of the people in my army are just like, I can't believe I'm going to hurt this person. Yeah, and I'm like, and you lead an army? Yeah. You lead my army? He is, that is the character that if one if one of your students had to die in that game, it would be him because he literally says, I'm sorry, and then kills his opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I looked up the gameplay of Death Stranding. Death Stranding's coming out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you guys seen any of the information on this? No. Aristotle. Aristotle. Uh, what have yes. you seen? Uh, just I think the video that I think came out at E3 that you can't totally tell is gameplay because there's no kind of like. Oh, not the one that came out like uh, two days ago where uh, I, well, Hideo Kojima actually like. Went over, narrated over the gameplay. I Wait, he did this? Yeah, they showed the gameplay. What's it like? I'm still getting a feel of it because he was even like, hey, if you have intentions to buy this game, don't watch the gameplay because he's like, I think it might take you out of it. Interesting. I'm so glad I did. Because I watched it and part of me, because here's the thing, I watched in-depth uh, cyberpunk before I watched right. this. And in-depth cyberpunk is so fascinating yeah. and so cool mm-hmm. and just like, wow, this game's going to kick the crap out of everything. Yeah. And then you, I got to Hideo's World, mm-hmm. which is like... Norman Reedus taking Hideo's World, by the way, is the craziest theme. Park oh yeah, in, it's it is nothing but butts and animals that roll away on like giant wheels I was, made of octopus. I was thinking about Pee Wee's Playhouse, and every it's single way, day, 
is just like Pee Wee's Playhouse, but all of the walls grow eyes yes. and cry black. And- yeah, and then it's like, you, and then like you had to play the first two to yeah. understand what's going on in this yeah, yeah. one. And and like whenever somebody talks, it's in German, but the subtitles are in <laughs> Korean. It's like, what is going on? So here? Uh, Norman Reedus. The first thing I see is Norman Reedus taking a piss. Great. So this game is pretty much like your body temperature, your blood pressure, yeah. like really in the vitals. depth. Yeah, of okay. your vitals. How what's going on and then uh there's balance to it so if like you're walking up a hill and your backpack starts to sway you mm-hmm. have to swing it back over yeah uh how durable your boots are so maris how good the boots are that you have Man. in this game like there's a lot of like trying to seek out so i'm like this is interesting and cool but that other part of me is like i want i don't know what the story is so right yeah. now it just looks like an open world kind of just walking yeah simulator okay. so far and there's parts of the game I'm like, this seems like it's going to be interesting in this cool world. I think it's just because I saw Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. I'm like less interested. Yeah. Even though it's going to have Mads Mikkelsen in it. And right. he's even like, Hideo's just like, he even made a, a, a difficulty in the game that's literally just movie mode, where it's like, you don't you have to play the game. the game. You just like watch the movie, that's basically. so interesting. So I'm like, he is trying to make like a movie. Yeah. He's trying to make... The character like you with the vitals and mm-hmm. taking care of everything and the kind of boots and all the stuff you carry. But yeah, it still looks chaotic and crazy. So part of me is just like, I don't know, Hideo. And he's kind of like, hey, I told you not to look. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, I said that. There's a warning, which is you won't like it probably. That's so, that's such a weird, like, shouldn't you want to like the gameplay? I think it's so complicated and there's so many variables that he's like, I can't explain to you everything yeah. and I don't want to because yeah. I want you to be surprised because people are like, what even is this game? You're not giving us, nif- us it, enough information. It sounds like he's creating a character that you play as and literally take care of as a human being like you are playing a yes. whole different life and if that's the case, this character is going to spend a lot of hours on a couch Playing Death Stranding Eating and trying to Doritos, yeah, just like, cool yeah, just like just wanting to take a nap, but being too in the fire. Picture just you and a baby eating Doritos. You're supposed to be on that, that mission. Baby is not getting any of my Doritos. <laughs> that baby does not get my. He does not mushed up Doritos. What's like that? a bit like a bird, like a mama bird? That's You're gonna disgusting. chew it up. That's, dis- that's You're a disgusting. That's a- <laughs> You're disgusting. Sorry. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to player. Has joined. Uh, I wish I could do that again, but I can't. There's no way. We're live. And we can't edit these <laughs> at all. The podcast about the video games people love and why, why? they love, they love them. them. I was going to say that okay. in a better way. Were you? Let's no, see Let's don't. Hear don't. I'm putting guys, you on the Guys, don't spot. do this. Don't look at me. <laughs> hey, guys. Why do play this other podcast? I don't like why they love them. We are... We are getting weird. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, because today's episode... Ooh, it's a good one. It's a weird one. It's an interesting it one. It is a weird one, It's an it? open-ended one. Yeah. And it's considered one of the best video games of all time. Guys, today we are talking about the classic PC game, Half-Life. Yeah, uh, yeah, guys. Half-Life to me is my heart. It's my soul. I play Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike exi- exists because, because of this of game. Yeah. That's it. Gabe Newell, guys. 
He's the video game world's Bill Gates. He literally, <laughs> he literally is. He went to Harvard, yep. dropped out, right. went and worked at Microsoft, and right. was like, "Fuck Microsoft! I'm gonna go make video games." That he did, and he did that, and created a few huge games, and then the whole world has been eagerly awaiting the third for how many years? But not only did he create great games, he created Steam. He created the modern day platforming That's of true. gaming. This guy is a goddamn genius and kind of crazy. Okay. Uh, but here, let's get into it. Let's get into can't it. ignore the Steam box. Who remember that? is this? Who, who, who is this? Who What's the Steam box, baby? Interrupt our baby, baby, podcast. baby, tell everybody about the Steam box. I actually don't know all the details. I remember <laughs> them. I remember them making the Steam Box, which you, was you a mean the phys- orange box or no, the Steam it was like Box? A, it's like AOL CD kind of. It was of? like a console for yeah, Steam. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, that totally went over my head. Yeah. How long was that forgotten. out? That was don't a even know. that was like a long time ago, right? They were trying oh, to make yeah. it the thing. I remember they announced it. There was pictures. That's it. Yeah. Never. Never again. Yeah. So so Half Life. Uh, was basically it's an homage to the game uh, to the movie Mist, the book Mist is, uh, is an homage to the game Doom. They basically yes. wanted to make Doom, and then basically it used to be Quake, and then they took a bunch of it right. out, and then seventy percent of it's original, and then thirty percent of it's like the Quake engine or something. So, like that. Uh, so Half Life is the story of Morgan. a what's that? Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Go ahead. Half Life is a story of a theoretical physicist at a fictional company called Black Mesa who accidentally opens an interdimensional rift and then has to fight past aliens and Navy SEALs trying to cover up the truth of what happened at Black Mesa to close the rift and save the people at the Institute who are still alive, as well as to escape himself. And it is a linear first-person shooter. It so it's is. a long game, it essentially. Is. It just goes forward and forward and forward. Also, one of the most dramatic openings of any video game yeah. I've ever seen. So, the one of the craziest things about, uh, about Half-Life is that when it came out, it was the first to do about four different things that they did. It was the first to be a shooter game that was not based on just like, ah, shoot a bunch of things we throw at you and then move to the next level. Ah, shoot a bunch of things we throw at you and move to the next level. It was the first to have in-game cinematics, which was what the opening was. Because the whole opening is just you riding a tram, hearing the voiceover of what your job like is and where you are. 99% of the game is playable. All the cutscenes are happening in front of you. Everything yeah. you can move inside of it. Yeah, and the people who were responsible for making this game, do you know what they went on to do? What do you mean? Like, they work at all the biggest companies in gaming now. Yeah. They're the, they're the people who made Borderlands. They're people who made the new God of War. The, one of the guys that that made the newest God of War game talks about how he wanted to have in-game cinematics that didn't break from the action of the game itself, and he knew he wanted to do that purely because it's what he did on Half-Life, and it Ooh. worked so well. Is that what they did with the uh, game, or uh, 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 God of War, where essentially like the giant war- or a snake serpent? Yeah, exactly. Like everything, it's that kind of like one-shot game, and they were like, well, it's kind of, it essentially is that way in Half-Life, because it's all first person from Freeman's point of view. So they were like, 
we just want to have this, but like with a PS4 instead. My, my favorite thing, because you're in New Mexico. Yeah, you guys, are. You're in New Mexico. You're in some base. Yeah. You're all right. And I love it because you're on a tram for like 20 minutes at the beginning of the it's game. A long it's taking time. you through the movie. And it sucks because the moment you get to it, they're like, Gordon, you're late. And I'm like, bitch, it took me 20 minutes to get through <laughs> the tram. Parking and then the tram? We pretend we work at McDonald's and then we get here, guys. And then the whole point of it is like, you don't really know what's going on. They're yeah. like, take this trolley, put it into the glowy thing, and yeah. we'll see what happens, And then Gordon. it all just blows up. It and then you're explodes. like, these pacifist aliens show up and start killing you, and you're like, what's the deal? <laughs> what is going on? There is a lot in this game that's like, it does not make sense up, up front. But what they do up front is they build the world so incredibly well in that tram ride. The voiceover makes it seem like yeah, this this seems like a very plausible working environment, but it also seems like very subtly dangerous and dark and kind of cold-hearted. Like somebody's doing something evil. Yeah, and you just don't know what it is. Because nuclear bombs somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but they also, in the beginning, make you not only the least likely protagonist that a game had had up until that point. You're not a Marine. You're not a hero. You're a theoretical you're physicist. You're a nerd. You're you're an MIT grad. You're in, you're Indiana Jones yeah. without the whip. Yeah, exactly. You have a crowbar, which, by the way, badass fucking weapon to start with. And then they make your action the inciting incident. Instead of you show up and you have to close this portal, they make you open the portal. They make you the hand that delivers this malfunction. And now your character is like, not only it's like, I got to fix this problem, a little bit of it's like, I got to fix this problem I helped create. So it's this very interesting beginning to a game. None of this had been done up until this point. It was much more based on storytelling because everything that came out of this time was all just Doom copies. Well, that's also, this is the first time to have a suit where you actually have to do puzzles and take yes. boxes and do all, and all sorts of different enemies and trying to go around those right. enemies. And able to use your brain to have kill, go, kill, yeah, go, kill, exactly. go. It's like, okay, how do I use this puzzle? This whole room is a puzzle. And they show you that very early on. Like, they show you how to use your environment. Both Half-Life games are amazing from a game creation standpoint of displaying very intuitive ways of why you need to use your, your environment and how you use it. Like, one of the first things that happens is you watch... Uh, like a bookshelf collapse on top of one of the one of the aliens and kill it. And you're like, oh, this shit can move. Oh, I can jump up this shit. I can use the environment to kill this shit. It's all interactive in a way that games hadn't been before this. This uh, when when the Half Life demo got released, <laughs> entire games just stopped production because <laughs> they're just like, ah, oh, so we're gonna beat everything. There was there was a game I forget the name of it, but I was watching an interview with a guy who was like, yeah, we were making this game, we were dropping the demo uh, like a few days later, and they were like, oh, this demo came out from Valve and it's called Half Life, and they watched it and they're like, their demo is longer than our game, <laughs> and it's more interesting than our game. Yeah, and they they were just like. Uh, we're done. They like scrapped the project. They're well, like, we have to do something else. They almost they didn't release it because a year before they were like, all right, so we're getting ready to release this thing, and they all played it, and they're like, this is not fun. It's not fun. It's not fun. So we had to get rid of it <laughs> and start over. They just formed. They formed cabals. Yeah, just like groups of people whose entire task was for months just to sit in rooms and be like, how do we make this fun? How do we make this fun? How do we make this? That's got to be so. Just to play the same level over and over and over again to yeah. be like, how do I make this more fun yeah 
It's very interesting. Now, this game also spurred off a bunch of uh, uh, games coinciding with Half-Life. Like, uh, I forget the name. I think it's called Black Mesa. Yeah. There's a version of it where you play as a soldier on the other side going in to attack yes. Black Mesa. Um, I forget the ma- the side character's name in 2 where you play him as a security guard. Um, well, he's the one you see on the tram. Like, you can watch in that in that one version, you watch Gordon Freeman go by in the tram. Because there's a scene where, you know, in, in the intro... There's somebody who's pounding on a security door to be let in. Yeah. And then there's a mod game where you can play as that character and you watch Gordon yes. drive by and then you get into that security door. Like, Are you referring to Half-Life Opposing Force what's or name? Half-Life Blue Shift? What's that, his name? Uh, get it, Aristotle. Get it. I'm just trying to remember the character. Put an Aristotle name. on Barney the spot. Calhoun. Barney. Because <laughs> Barney in two is the one that grabs you. He's like, I'm going to beat up this guy and takes him into a room. He's like, hey, nice to see you, Doc, or whatever. And it's just like, hey, Barney. What's up, man? On um on a less like celebrative and congratu- congratulatory side of this, can we talk about how goofy looking that one scientist's face is in the opening of this game? Do you know who I'm talking about? The one scientist they use over and over and over and over the, again. The white-haired dude with longer hair who just, it looks like somebody took a cartoon face and just stretched it like silly putty, <laughs> slapped it on a 3D model and went, that's a human. I feel bad because all the characters in this game were actual developers for the game. So if you're yes. like, man, this guy's ugly. It's like, <laughs> well, he exists. <laughs> like, geez, calm down, let's, 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 let's tone it down. But yeah, this game helped create Counter-Strike, which is my favorite yeah. game. Um, and then spread off a bunch of different things and then created team fortress a whole other bunch of games just kind of went on portal portal yeah i mean portal well, portal the exact same they world took as this. portal f- the portal used to be something else and they actually made it into the half-life game okay aristotle you. answer him answer he's talking me. to you I'm answer him aristotle i'm looking at you i'm looking at you jesse did you play this game no because i was like we got to talk about a pc game i know you guys take those side scrolls you go sit outside with your side scrolls we're talking about <laughs> half-life today no i never played half-life jesse. i missed the half-life man tram. there was a time when i was just playing pc games non-stop, just non-stop they were right? it they were it, guys. Early 2000s. Well, tell me about your first experience with this game. I was playing. Uh, so actually, Half-Life, I played later on. Because I was playing Doom. Mm-hmm. I was playing a lot of games early in the early 90s. And I missed Half-Life because Half-Life came out in 98. Correct. So there was a time when I wasn't really playing PC games really that hard. And I didn't have a good enough PC game. Well, you had an N64 at that point, right? I had an N64, so I was playing like... Golden Eye. Yeah, an Ocarina. An Ocarina. I did not have a good enough PC. So when I started playing Counter Strike 1.6, that's when I actually got to play Half Life for the first right. time. So this is a game that I'm like, Wait, oh, so you played Counter Strike first? Yes. Interesting. So I played. I didn't even know what Half Life was. Yeah. I didn't know about this world at all. That's. And then I jumped into Steam for the first time. And I'm like, what is Counter Strike? Like, I was playing games or video games. You just jump out like crazy with the rocket launcher yeah. and you kill everything. This was literally like, okay, I can't wait. Dead. I'm like, huh? That's, that's what am I playing? So fun. Like you, you read Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and you're like, this is a great play. And then somebody's like, have you heard of Hamlet? And you're like, what's that? Yeah, I was like, look at these graphics. I played it on Xbox. I think I played the console version. I think I was okay. like, it didn't take with me. I was kind of like, yeah. it's kind of boring at the time because mm-hmm. I think I was like, hey. Halo was more interesting because yeah. Orange Box was Xbox 360 when they did the Orange Box, but before that they had Half Life come mm-hmm. out on consoles. They were right, recorded. Right, right. 
Um, it just wasn't my thing. And then I remember playing it as I was playing 1.6 and looking at Half-Life being like, man, these graphics are crap. I don't yeah. think I'm actually going to like And I beat the whole game. Yeah. Like, I just played. And then I played the side games. I beat those two. Yep. Like, I got really into Half-Life. Half-Life is a huge world. Yeah. And like, also just getting good at that sort of game mechanics on how to play the shooter. You become good at all the other games because it's the same engine. Yeah, exactly. That's they they left this so open to the mod community. It was such an interesting thing that like I don't know how many games got created from this. Well, Gary's mod is basically like Steam's like make whatever you want. Like consoles in general, like don't mess with our. Yeah, they're great the way they are. Yeah, like <laughs> and meanwhile, Valve is just like whatever you got to do. Well, Bethesda's just angry that Steam exists because yeah. it makes their games better. Like people oh, don't want to play their console games because like I rather wait for it to come out on PC. Yeah, I can absolutely. Mess Look at Grand Theft Auto. People just mess around with that game. Yeah, I bet somebody could turn that into an Iron Man game. Like Dude, that'd be more likely. The the amount that you can make Skyrim more palatable by playing it on PC is insane. Yeah. That's oh, why, like, PCs yeah. in general are just, like, when they have a game, when, like, it's like, oh, we are in a time where it's, like, PC games are it, it's great. And then I feel like a lot of games don't get ported over, yeah. a lot of games don't even get there. Like, is Cyberpunk coming out on PC? Is what? Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk. For sure? I think so. Do they have a date for sure? Does Witcher 3 ever come out for PC? I know Grant. I know Red Dead Redemption hasn't come out for PC. Like that's what I'm trying to make a point of. Just like these games just don't come out. Yeah, it does say PC. It's coming on PC. Well, there you go. Right, that's that's a game that I would definitely then. want to have a PC yeah. to play. And Google Stadia. <laughs> I don't trust that even a no, little bit. No, even a smidgen. No thanks. Jesse, Gonna pass. So yeah. there's what, a up? thing about this game. Oh man, are you jumping in already? I'm jumping in. Holy shit. Okay. Um, because. His thing about this game is, uh, you're just a good scientist guy, and then ev- the government comes and tries to kill you. Yeah, they try and they to start killing the, everybody, the and you're like, here, they're here to like save us or whatever. And you're, um, you're a physicist who kills a bunch of Navy SEALs. Yeah, what that's, are the chances? That's um, a reach. <laughs> so uh, I looked up a lot of things, and uh, okay. this game is called. Wait, the government did what? Oh, uh, no. Where I give oh, you? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Conspiracy theories, okay. and you have to tell me whether they're real or fake. Define re- like as in they're real. As in people believe them. No, they happened. Oh, like they're actually oh, revealed to wow. be true. Okay, like they depends on release information that sort of thing. Interesting. Or I made it up. Okay. Do you see this? Yeah, I see this. Do you see this? I, I think you're this. gonna be great at this. I really think you're going to be well, great. At we're going to find out just how Jesse naive I am. Because Jesse and I, I like our second day hanging out with each other, just talked about conspiracy theories and murder and horrible catastrophes. We, Do you remember uh, this? Uh, I I remember the one conspiracy theory that I that I very much believe in. What? Um, that this is mm, this is a sensitive one, especially given two Good. days ago. I believe that we shot down the the fourth plane on 9/11 that fell into the field in Pennsylvania. I don't believe that the passengers took it down, and there's footage of Donald Rumsfeld in a press conference talking about the two planes that hit the towers, the one that hit the Pentagon, and the one that we shot down over Pennsylvania. And a reporter says, did you say shot down? He goes, the one that was taken down over Pennsylvania. And then he goes on like he didn't say it. But it would make much more sense for them to scramble jets after the first two planes hit. And if this plane doesn't respond, they would have to take military action. I think it makes a better story for the survivors and the survi- uh, for the for the families of the victims of that plane crash to say that their loved ones took the plane down but I think the US government shut it down. And I don't blame them if they did. I think Aristotle's hair is turquoise and not green. 
I mean, you're really taking the piss out of everything I just said. Really, really let me hang out there like a dumb, vulnerable meatball. Just a real piece of shit over here. Look at this meatball with all his conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> we all live in New York. Look at this meatball. Look at this meatball, Look at this meatball, over, meatball here. over here. Talking about 9 11, uh, this meatball. We have a real meatball in the, head in the White House. We need to stop it. Um, <laughs> all right, number one. Okay. Theoretical research conducted by the U.S. Air Force Laboratory in 1994 explored the use of a non lethal chemical weapon called a gay bomb. They speculated on the effects of truce douse and female forma, uh, pheromones. The objective was to make the soldiers sexually irresistible to one another and negatively impact the effectiveness in their combat. A gay bomb. This is true. This is absolutely true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that is... And to think, this is also the time that the military ins- institutes don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. And they're like, let's make everybody gay. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? what is going on, military? The, the, you have to, like, be the best of the best to, like, place into these research labs to be a yeah. scientist. And some dumb soldier's like, oh, I got the best fucking idea, yeah. idiot. And when I say fucking, I mean fucking. <laughs> the fucking ideas. What if all these goddamn soldiers <laughs> is, trying, <laughs> is trying to bone each other so hard, they don't even have time to war on us? <laughs> oh, no, they're coming to kill us. I can't. I'm having sex with my I, friend. By the way, in, uh, in my mind, every single scientist is from Staten Island. <laughs> This fucking, this fucking gabagoo over this here. This gabagoo over here. <laughs> Number two. Each day, hundreds of thousands of people commute in and out of Grand Central Terminal in New York City. Thousands more eat at the station's restaurants and sip cocktails at elegant bars. But Grand Central houses two secret areas few people ever see. Nine stories. Below the lowest floor sits a bunker, M42. It's rumored that during World War II, the bunker had guards with shoot-to-kill orders for fear of sabotage while stations trains were being used to ferry troops in and out of New York. They had shoot-to-kill orders for anybody that came down? Mm-hmm. And my job is to figure out if this conspiracy theory is still theory or proven true. Yes. I think this one's still a theory. This is true. No. This is true! What? Nine stories Nine down? Nine stories down, bro. Damn. But I think they were doing lots of stuff even before that. Because I remember even like Civil War, I'd hear things about this. Really? Yeah. That's so weird. I know. Grand But Central. I'm not like shocked. Because no. you know, we're in New York. You're like, people are like, oh, did you know you're under a mass grave? And you're like, what? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's America. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm from Massachusetts, which is Native American for... We killed all the Native <laughs> Americans. Yeah, that's like everywhere. It's like every time somebody's like, "It's on an, it's on a Native American burial ground." I'm like, "Oh, you mean America?" You can say Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, in 1998, Fur Romania took over the U.S. This is true. The CIA conducted an undercover surveillance of high-profile mob bosses by using Furbies as listening devices. <laughs> This practice was cited as unethical for the use of the device's mostly recorded children. This is true. This is fucking fake. Is it really? Oh, oh the gay bomb is real, but the Furby surveillance is made up. Oh, my God. It's so hard to well, tell Well, the already. gay bomb is the first thing. Like, the, as soon as I saw gay bomb, I was like, I pay my taxes. Yeah. Like, that's like the first thing I think about. I was just like, what the hell? Like... 
This is what our money's been used for? Okay, whatever. You know, I I think I figured out exactly what the uh what the what the secret is to playing this game. Let's see if it works out. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it to myself for now, but right, let's cool. move forward. Number four. After President Woodrow Wilson suffered a debilitating stroke, mm-hmm. Edith Wilson made the most of executive decisions in his stead. She effectively ran the country for well over a year, but the government kept it quiet for fear that it would cause a stir. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that one I had ready. How many presidents have just been out of commission and other people were doing stuff? Uh, tons. Like, how many... When Taft was in the bathtub, how many minutes was somebody else a president? Do you remember when President Bush passed out? J H W? Uh yeah. No. Or sorry, not H W. George uh, W. George W. Bush passed out in the Oval Office. And Cheney was president for literally ten minutes or something. They so they were like, Yeah, the president he 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 got like a, a bruise on his face. And everybody was like, What happened? And they were like, The president passed out, he lost consciousness, he choked on a pretzel. Oh, I remember that. And I re- just remember uh hearing that story and being like, No, I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that the president choked on a thing that has built-in air holes on it, and I don't believe that the Secret Service wasn't in the Oval Office with him to give him the Heimlich maneuver. What do you think happened? Um, I don't. I I honestly don't know. Remember when Cheney shot someone in the face? Yeah, and that guy apologized. <laughs> yeah, that was terrifying. <laughs> Imagine getting shot and immediately being like, I am so sorry. I was in the way of your sh- your bullets. I am so yeah. sorry. That administration was insane. Remember when JFK did all of the cocaine? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> this picture of him, Marilyn Monroe, in the Oval Office. Yeah. Hanging out. But I pictured Wentz W. went down for a little bit. They're like, we got to find Cheney. He was already in the Oval Office practicing his knife stabs. Yeah. Just like with no yeah, one. I, going, yeah. I imagine yeah. he was holding a bowl of pretzels being like, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right, number five. Let's go. After dropping nuclear bombs on Nagasaki, Hiroshima, the U.S. government stole parts of dead bodies to measure the effects of nuclear fallout in the human body. Researchers needed young tissue. Mm-hmm. Young tissue. Yep. But the agents who were recruited find recently deceased babies and took samples, including full limbs, without the consent of grieving families. More than 1,500 families were affected. Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I figured out the key to this game. Which is? If the military did it, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the American military is insane. Okay. Uh, you, know, you know how we hear about other countries' militaries doing crazy shit and we're like, man, like... The Iraq military was nuts. Yeah, uh, they are and were, but so is ours. Yeah, we spend so much money on crazy things. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't talk about the LSD. I yeah, the bring... LSD thing. Yeah, that... I did. there was. That's why I was like, he's gonna do well on this because a lot of this shit I just assume people don't know, but Jesse knows the the fucking uh, the goat movie that they made. Oh, is that what it's about? Well, it's it, no, it's uh, guys in the in the eighties and nineties who were just like, we're gonna pay you to see if you can kill people with psychic energy by staring ah, at just them. So they stared. At goats. Yeah, they're the men just, who stare at goats. They make them stare at goats until the goat had a heart attack and died. And they're like, we can kill people by looking at them. And they're seeing if they could harness this power and weaponize it. No, because it's not real. But they spent a lot of money on it. I feel like that didn't have to be a movie. No, it did. It could have been a napkin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been underneath a snapple cap. You guys just angered snapple me that fact, way. Snapple fact number eight thousand forty-two. Did you know that the military wasted your tax dollars seeing if goats would die if we looked at them? Question six. Let's go. 
Dalai Lama was a secret CIA agent. According to classified intelligence documents, in 1960s, CIA provided the Tibetan resistance with $1.7 million a year to aid guerrilla operations against China, including an annual subsidy of $180,000 to the Dalai Lama. This is difficult. This isn't technically military. <laughs> this is government organization, but it's not, and it's... And it's it's lethal force, but it's not. Uh, but the CIA also, I mean, we're talking Nicaragua. <laughs> we're going back to Iran-Contra shit. The CIA is dirty. I'm going to say yes. Absolutely true. Yep. <laughs> it's a good day, guys. It's a good day. That's messed up. Paranoid about sexual orientation, the Canadian government hired a university professor to develop a machine that detected orientation in federal employees. Oh, my God. Uh <laughs> The resulting machine measured pupil dilation, perspiration, and pulse in response to same-sex pornography. Those tested were told that the machine's purpose was to rate their stress levels, but the truth was that the government wanted to remove its gay employees. Subsequently, more than 400 men were excluded or fired from civil service, the military, and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. More than 9,000 people were investigated. Keith said military, so I say yes. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Yes, it Canada is. Canada made a gay dog. Canada made a literal gay Gaydar. Wow. <laughs> wow. I know. I like, like, you guys made a gay dar, but you guys made a gay bomb. We're like, no. Dude, we don't make what? everything in a bomb. The military, <laughs> every military is obsessed with homosexuality. It's so great. It's so funny. It's horrible. Don't ask, don't tell. Who's gay? Make them gay. Make them not gay. <laughs> We want everybody to be gay, not gay. We're the military. Fuck you, not literally, Just unless you want. Just a president going out in 1940, being like, the worst thing that could happen to any of us is a male-on-male blowjob. <laughs> it's the worst thing that could happen, Mr. President. How do you feel about female-on-female? This, this is, is acceptable. Ex this is great. Vote for me. <laughs> All right. As theory goes, the CIA built a secret weapon in the 60s and 70s that could cause fatal heart attacks. The weapon shot a small poison dart that could penetrate clothing and left behind nothing but a tiny red dot on the skin. The dart disintegrated on impact, and the target would only feel a small prick, similar to the bug bite. Since the poison uh, denatured quickly, it could not be detected in an autopsy. Hmm. CIA. A heart attack gun. No. True. Really? Yes. No! <laughs> this is something we're back in the 60s and 70s. I'm so worried about whatever we have now. Oh my god. That's creepy. Do you know the uh, the talkback amplifier? No, what's that? They have this thing that uh, they use it for crowd control. And I don't know if they've ever actually used it yet, mm -hmm. but they have it. And if a crowd, if, if any noise comes its way, if anybody speaks at it, it repeats it right back to them a millisecond later. Oh wow! And your brain basically shuts down its speech functionality because it can't it can't deal with hearing and and saying it at different times, and so people just like are unable to speak. So entire crowds are just silenced by hearing it a millisecond back. And whenever they try to speak, their brains just like stop them. It's like lockjaw for your thought. See, I'd take out a horrible looking dummy, put mm -hmm. fingers in between its ears, put a speaker in its mouth, and just says, I know what you are, but what am I? <laughs> over and over and over again. But yeah, guys. That sounds like Andy Warhol. The CIA in the 60s made a heart attack gun. That's fucking insane. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I. Most of our money just goes to guys being like, what can we make bombs out of? What can we make guns out of? Cigars. What, cigars. Cigars with Fidel Castro. 
Oh, man. They tried to kill Fidel Castro with an exploding cigar. What a fucking loony How do people idea. get to the top? How do people get to the top? How does this happen? By accident, apparently. But like, do they just they like they tested into that point? They get to that point. They're hidden you know, in the government. They get to make that many choices, and they're like, "How about explosive cigar?" Do you know like the a theory goddamn clown of why capitalism is fundamentally flawed in terms of its uh, in terms of its uh, managerial status? Are you having a heart attack? Aristotle just just touched his chest as though a little dart went between his. Uh, Went between his rib cage and just disintegrated and denatured inside of his bloodstream. What were you gonna say? Um, the theory goes that when you're good at your job, you get promoted, and when you're good at that job, you get promoted, and so forth and so forth, and until then, finally yeah. you reach a job that you're not good at anymore. So you never get promoted, but you never get demoted back to the job that you're good at. You always just stay at the job that you're mediocre at, and that's where you live the rest of your career. Yeah, but, like, how do you get to the top is what I'm saying. Maybe it's people who are good at the job below and are now mediocre at that. Yeah. Yeah. It. Most of stuff that's happening is, like, somebody saw James Bond or somebody saw Star Trek and they're like, just do that. Somebody saw a Marx yeah. Brothers movie and yes. they're like, give him a, an explosive cigar. It's really that. It's God. really dumb. It's really dumb. <laughs> it's, really, it's really quite dumb and stupid. It's idiotic and moronic, and it's dumb. It's dumb town. I remember the propaganda. They used to drop Germans were like American condoms, but the American condoms were like freakishly big. Yes. So they make the Germans feel like Americans' dicks are way bigger. That's a thing they did. <laughs> That's a hilarious frat troll that they did to an entire country. They, we, they went to <laughs> they war, did. and they spent They let flaming bags of dung all over the battlefield, and Germans be stomping them out. They... They spent millions of dollars to tell the Germans about their fictional dicks. <laughs> and then 20 years later, they went, we need to know who's gay. You are! <laughs> you are! You're obsessed with penises and you're all dudes. <laughs> you won't let women in and you're obsessed with all penises. All you're talking about dicks. And just say it. It's fine, but just say it. Because I don't think there was one woman in the room who like, we should make a gay bomb. She'd be like, what are you all idiots? Yeah, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> all right. Acoustic Kitty was a CIA project launched by the Central Intelligence Agency, Dictorate of Science and Technology, which in the 1960s intended to use cats to spy on the Kremlin and Soviet embassies. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you know how long it lasted? I'm going to say 12 years. 30 seconds. 30 seconds? They trained a cat, let it out, got it run over by a, a car. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and they just halted operations. That cat doesn't know it, but it's a hero. But, uh, it's an American hero for going. I'm not wasting anybody's time on this. Ever, we're laughing at that, but the legit one is that uh, the Soviets and Americans train dolphins yes, and manatees. Yeah, it's like for mess. submarines. It's crazy. Yeah, and then my favorite Area 51 has aliens. No, yes, exactly. No, they'd move them by now. And it's not. It's just a base. Every base has something weird going on. I know there are no aliens because Trump day one would have been like, you know, I know about the aliens. They wouldn't would, tell Trump just, about the aliens. Yeah, I know. They wouldn't tell him. I'm just saying like, they're okay. All right. But this has been, wait, 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 the government did what? Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun game. <laughs> That's a fun game.
to Half-Life. Feels true to Half-Life. Yeah, because um, uh, there's one person in the room that wants to talk about Half-Life 2. I yep. can say his or her name. Right. I'm not going to say his or, his her, or her, name her name either because when I do, he or she takes a long time to get their mouth in front of the <laughs> microphone and then work up the courage to say hello to the new player's joined audience. So I won't point out who they are. Uh, but yeah, this is a game they've remastered at this point. They've made it again. Yeah. Um, I also highly recommend people play it. Uh, even if you don't play Half-Life 1, play Half-Life 2. Yeah. Because that still holds up, but it still looks great, and it's just yeah. like the same sort Half-Life of Half-Life 2 stands on its own as an amazing game. Half-Life 1 is, it's it's the Godfather thing, right? Yeah. The first Godfather, you're like, oh, holy shit, this is different and amazing. The second Godfather, you're like, oh, this is the best movie. Yeah, th- you'll be like, oh, this is this feels so 90s, yeah. and it feels off a little bit, but still is an adventure absolutely an adventure what did what did you feel because most of half-life takes place in the black mesa facility yeah and then at the end you go to fight the uh zen xen mm-hmm. uh that race of aliens what did it feel like going from the black mesa uh, facility to an alternate universe they backed away from it in the second one. Yeah. It's interesting. Because in the first one, I was like, okay. It felt, that's when, like, it felt Doomish. Yeah. That's when it felt like, oh, this is when they, like, love Doom. Because yeah. the second one is just, like, you're in this abandoned city. It's right. about rebels attacking and things like yeah. that and trying to understand what's going on with the story. This game, finding out by the end of it, it was all a test. Yeah. The G-Man being like, we've just been testing yeah, you. Yeah, the G-Man. What the fuck? They there never still isn't it. an explanation about the G-Man. Because the G-Man's still like, in the second one, he's like, I'm testing you. Yeah. Gordon. We don't know who this guy is. We don't know what the full story is. Do you think that they know what the story is? No. Ooh, are they losting it? That's what just I'm saying. Lost, and I i don't know if we've talked about this before on the show. Lost was a clear-cut case of... We aren't used to making a show when the internet's a thing. Because Lost was, they all died in the plane crash and they were in purgatory. And then by the end of season two, the internet went, we figured it out, it's purgatory. And the writers went, no. My theory, I'm just throwing it out there. For G-Man? No, for for Lost. (laughs) No, for for Half-Life 3. um, uh, Half-Life 2 Mm -hmm. got brought out the same time as Source. That was the engine that they used. And they also came out with Counter-Strike 1.6. Or Counter-Strike Source, and they started doing Team Fortress, they started doing games like this. I think they're going to wait till they come up with a new engine, and then they're going to... Because I don't think they'd leave that series on a cliffhanger like that. Do you yeah. think they'd leave them on a cliffhanger like that to kill main characters? Aristotle. Maybe. Aristotle. You played the second one. You Tell can talk us. now. Answer talk, us. baby. I, I mean, I don't know. It's been so long, but I like that idea, because what if they're just waiting for a fully VR Half-Life? <gasps> yeah, or, or like that, you an know? update, because oh when Source came out, it was, like, life-changing. Yeah. To be playing Counter-Strike 1.6, just shooting through a window mm-hmm. is, like, oh, little pieces of the glass come off if mm-hmm. you shoot it in those areas. Like, yeah. the realism of everything started to, like, pick up that I'm, like... This is next level crazy. Yeah. Like I remember going to play hockey, being like, I don't want to be here. That's how I knew like a new a great game was out. Is I go to hockey and be like, I don't want to fucking be here. I want to go. <laughs> I want to go play Counter Strike. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I uh, I got to take some time to talk about the aliens in this game. The peaceful aliens. The peaceful. The peaceful aliens who were enslaved, but those tiny little fuckers. The crab little guys. The head crabs. Head crabs. How when you when you played this because 
This is a thing that I, I love when people and creators take a swing this big. They always make humanoid-looking aliens, right? In yeah. some way, shape, or form. These things didn't have a face. These are very much out of Alien, right? Yeah. The head huggers or the face huggers. How annoying are those for you in that first place? Oh, yeah. If you have a crowbar, I mean, if, you, if you're not used to playing PC games, mm-hmm. you're going to hate this. Yeah. Because you have to, like, pinpoint it. It has to be perfect mm-hmm. to hit those things, they, and they attack your face. Yeah. And you have no peripheral vision when you play video games. So if something's behind you, you don't feel it, you don't yeah. know it, you just get just all of a sudden just on get you. hurt in your face, and they don't go down. So, yeah, most of this game is learning how to use a crowbar mm-hmm. and to love a crowbar. That's, that's <laughs> such a cool weapon to give somebody, like, that's an iconic video game weapon now. Well, yeah, I'd walk around hitting boxes nonstop. Yeah. I hit everything with it. That's like Buster Sword, Portal Gun, Master Sword, Crowbar. Like, these are like no, images. Dude, when are... I got, when you get the Crowbar in Half Life 2, mm-hmm. I've never been like, oh, fuck yeah. Just right? like from a, from a stupid weapon. Right. <laughs> like, I'm going to use this the whole game. Yeah. Is this Crowbar. This stupid fucking and crowbar. And then it showed me the Gravity Gun. We're not up to Half Life 2, but when you show me the Gravity Gun, yeah. I was like, damn you. Damn you your puzzle mechanics right? and what you're making is so good it and cool. It was so good. All those fucking uh, the barnacles that that drip down and like grab people's heads yes! and suck them up. Those are amazing. All of the aliens in this game are so interesting in comparison to everything that was in something like it, Doom. It does a thing that Nintendo does great, which is it makes you learn without like really without holding, giving you tutorial. Yeah, without giving you tutorial. It just shows, it's like it shows you. you what to do. Yeah, and then the second game they fucking make that gun. Uh, a grappling hook, or they make that barnacle thing. Yeah. That's incredible game making. Yeah, it's really great. That's yeah. fucking great, it's game great game making. Game. Jesse. Keith. Jesse. We're talking about aliens. Okay. You know that I have a deep love of this or that games. Okay. <laughs> and it is time for a race of fictional aliens from video game or just a real city in an Eastern European nation or maybe Central Asia. We'll see. Either way, whoa, I'm making wait, this wait, game whoa, and you're just going to deal with it. Whoa, whoa. What kind of, where on the map are you looking? How did this happen? <laughs> this happened when I was looking at the names of all the aliens in video games, and I was like, "These sound like uh, like cities in like Turkmenistan or Lithuania." And so, Keith, these will be either Latvian countries, okay, or Latvian cities, Russian cities, or city cities from Central Asia, an area that I affectionately refer to as the Stands. <laughs> I stand this game. Hey Heyo! God, I hate my life. Let's do so, it. City or fictional alien Got it. from a video game. Is this from a video game? These it's are from, from video games. From video games specifically. All right. All right. Number one, Kiwanis. Kiwanis. Q. <laughs> that is a city. That is a city. There you go, Kiwanis. Any guess where? Kiwanis is in Kazakhstan. It is Lithuania. Oh, I should have said that. Number two, Kazan. Kazan. That's the name of an alien character? Are you saying, is it the species? It's the species. Kazan. Mm-hmm. That's a city. Damn it. Yeah, city in <laughs> Russia. City in Russia. Number three. Uh, this game could go very poorly. <laughs> Number three, Varna. Varna? Mm-hmm. The Varna are attacking. Now, would Jesse do a third city in a row? That's the question I'm asking myself. <laughs> I always don't go with instincts. Yeah. I just go with, is Jesse fucking with me or not? That's always what it is. And I will say that I knew this was becoming a habit, yeah. and so I went a little bit different in my formation of this game today. That's a city. <laughs> it is a city. It's yeah. Bulgaria. Okay, there you go. Number four, 
Thrycreen. Thrycreen. Mm-hmm. That's a... Uh, Thrycreen. Mm-hmm. It's an alien race. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck, he's going to get every one of these. He figured out my pattern. All right. Actobe. Actobe. Mm-hmm. Actobe. Mm-hmm. Alien. Finally got this fucker. It's Kazakhstan, you dumb fuck. <laughs> you dumb piece of shit. Tobe. Tobe. A-K-T-O-B-E. Number six, Protos. Oh, that's an uh, alien. Yeah, do you know what game that's from? Uh, that is from StarCraft. That is from StarCraft. Question seven, Aksu. Aksu is a city. In? <laughs> that's not the... That's, I, I don't care. You're that's, doing this no, too correct. well. <laughs> that's, you're doing it too well. I have what to is, make What it. was the city again? Aksu. Aksu. A-K-S-U. Asia somewhere. Asia, I mean, yeah. I didn't say Lithuania. You know what I mean? Kazakhstan. Is it? Yeah. Fuck. I wouldn't have gotten that. Eight. Yukes. Hey, you yukes hey, over you there. Hey, you yukes over there. <laughs> ah, it, yeah. was, this it was is, just sitting there. This is from the movie My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of yukes robbed, robbed this guy. Um, <laughs> That's a great movie about how somebody was murdered. <laughs> so heartwarming. Yeah. Yukes. Yukes. It's a city. It's an alien from Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Number nine, Saran. Saran is a city. God damn it, Kazakhstan. Number ten, Thomgog. It's an alien. It it is. It's from Lands of Lore. (laughs) Do you remember the Lands of Lore episode? Yes. Yeah, the peaceful rock rock people are Thomgogs. Number 11, Chamur. C-H-M-M-R. That's a city. That's a race from Star Control. Number 12, (laughs) Kaltikma. K-A-L apostrophe, no space, T-I-K apostrophe, M-A. That's an alien. That is an alien. Endless space. Number 13, Rock. R-A-K-K. R-I-K-K? R-A-K-K. That's a city. That's Borderlands, baby. I should have known that. Number 14, Setseki. It's a city. Endless Legends, baby. Now I'm starting to get them. Number 15, Skrunda. It's a city. That's Latvia. (laughs) I'm like... I feel like you figured me out. Like, I'm not having fun anymore. I feel like you just get it. Now. I am just, you know what I'm doing? You know what my what secret doing? is? Yeah. Does this sound like a hockey team in the in Asia? Yeah. That's all I'm doing. I'm literally going like the Kakuta. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a team. 16. Umga. Umga. Mm hmm. That is uh, alien. God damn it. Number 17. Tartu. Tartu. The Tartu Scorpions. That's a that's an alien race. That's a city. Oh, that's in Estonia. Don't shake your head at me, Aristotle. Aristotle what is judging. he like? He's, he knows. Aristotle was like, oh, Keith doesn't know his mid-level populated Estonian <laughs> cities. Never partied in Tartu. <laughs> 18. Neff. Neff is an alien race. From Tabula Rosa. Number 19. Kadru. Is a city. In Moldova. 20. Nakadan. That is a city. That is an alien race from the Men in Black video game. <laughs> that doesn't count. This has been Jesse's disappointed by how poorly <laughs> this game went. Keith has figured it out, and now he's got to go back to the drawing board and really think some shit over. Keith, you did well. Fuck yourself. <laughs> I know my Asian cities very well. <laughs> It's weird that I know how much geography just from uh, hockey. And Aristotle, can That's I ask you a question? What happened to the videos? The can videos. We just, can oh, we do this on week. air? Because everyone knows. What's everyone going on? knows about the videos now. What's going- I mean, it, it was a test. Yeah, it was so a test. So how'd it go? Oh, wow. How'd it go? It's going well, but we're it's still- It's going well. We're still getting clips. Was that getting clips. Wait, that means you had one clip and it just wasn't good? 
Well, that, we it, tested a clip out and wasn't feeling it. No, it was just a matter of like how how long and how much and what is it that we're even looking for. You yeah, know what I'm saying because finding a clip for Instagram is what we're doing now. But we recorded it and we're like, all right, so what is our plan? <laughs> Can it just like an hour and a half of video and you're like, let's get 20 seconds. But doesn't it like not matter? Is it just like you just need content? Yeah. Yeah. That's don't. That is the God. that is the bane of the podcast yeah. world. It doesn't matter. You just need content. <laughs> <laughs> just get two guys in a room. What? Did, did you like the the music in Half Life? Was any of it memorable to you? No. You know the the guy. It's all like rock music. Yeah. So like that's the thing about that game. Half Life Two has like very dramatic, good yeah. music. There's. God, yeah, I can't wait to talk about two. I almost wanted to talk about the one so we can get to get Half-Life to two. Yeah, 2. Because you. there's so many points where it's like you're in the haunted area. Remember Aristotle where it's like basically a guy with a shotgun who's mm-hmm. like a priest and all these sorts of moments in the game that's like, oh, like I'm in a different world yeah. now. It's like different pieces. I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up because it's something that Half-Life 1 did and they were the first to do it. They invented set pieces in video games. What do you mean? Video games used to be, especially for PC... Level boss, level boss, yeah. level boss, and that was it. And Half Life was the first game to be like, well, what if bigger, like, okay, so it's not a boss, it doesn't end the level, and it's just kind of a part of it, and you just got to deal with it. Now you're just fighting this helicopter. Yeah. Like, you just got to deal with it. It just comes out of nowhere, and then you move past it. It's not like this big demarcation, it's not the point of the level. It's just this almost cinematic moment that you're involved in. And now you have games like Uncharted 4 where. It's either climbing or it's set piece. Yeah, I don't like that. That's like kind of what took me out of it. It's what I like about Half-Life. Well, it's like Half-Life, I'm literally in control the whole time. Right, I'm not doing, like, when they're talking to me, I can jump around and hit things and look for, like, Easter eggs and stuff like that. Right. And literally Uncharted's like, now you're climbing this thing. Now you're climbing this thing. Now you're climbing this thing. And I'm like, fuck, I want to do my own shit sometimes. <laughs> I, uh, it, I I guess the new God of War would be the better example, but it's like that's that same kind of thing where you're just like, this isn't the point. Like this, there's, this is just a thing that's happening, and you get to be involved in it. But God of War, I guess that's what you say you'd compare it to because yeah. God of War felt very freeing. Yeah, it exactly. felt very individualized. Exactly. Yeah. But like... Half-Life was the first game to be like, a set piece is a thing. Yeah, but there are no RPG-like stats. There's no. nothing you're leveling up. No. You just have weapons. You're just doing puzzles. Yeah. And either you love the Half-Life world yeah. or you don't. That's it. And it's you, and that's it. And I think for three, they're literally like, we need to have something great. Yeah. We need it to be great. It or, can't be shit. Or is it the lost scenario where they're like, we really backed ourselves into a corner on this one, and well, now we don't know what to do? They're compete. Steam is the bit first of the first, and now they're competing against Epic yeah. Games and like all these other st- providers that are like Steam, like Uplay and all this bullshit. I think they're spending so much time concentrating on that, because I think Gabe was the person in charge of Half-Life, mm-hmm. and now it's like, what do they do with it? Because that's what everybody's waiting on is Half-Life 3. Yeah. And they try to make a controller. They try to make like a universal gaming controller with a Steam controller. Right. That didn't take off. Uh, they made Team Fortress. Overwatch stole that. Yeah, like, they it's did. like things where it's like they're ahead of the curve and people steal from them yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah, and they always kind of miss out on stuff. Like the other thing that we haven't really talked about Half Life is responsible for esports. Yeah. 
Like, oh. without Half-Life, esports does not exist. Yeah, and essentially, like, for Counter-Strike, Counter-Strike is still one of the biggest games in the world, and it's yeah. been out for over, like, 20 years. Yeah. That's, like, insane. It's People, crazy. And they play the same levels over and yeah, over and over maps. and over again. With the same train. And guess what? I'm so happy about yeah. it. Like, it's a great game. Yeah, it's insane. Like... It, it shows an incredible level of confidence and self-awareness of just like, no, this is what people love. Why would we fuck with it? Yeah, the 90s, it wasn't so much of like the music that made Half-Life great. It was like, oh, video games can be this. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can take this engine that made Half-Life and you can do so many things yeah. with it. Like, honestly, playing Counter-Strike for the first time of going in and saving hostages, defusing a bomb, and it's like, oh, this is all just because of Half-Life. Yeah. That's like the crazy coolness of it. Yeah. Jesse. Keith. Final five. Let's do some final fives. So I have one for you. Yeah, that's- A real fine, because that's part of the show. Um, Question one. (laughs) Okay. What's your favorite town to explore in a video game, and what makes a good town to explore? Ooh, um, my favorite kind of town in a video game is the one that's uh, that has the seedy undertone that you don't know about. Ah, the one that's like, yeah, it's just normal town. And then when you dig deeper, it's like, whoa, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, Fallout Four has a good one where they're like, no sense, no sense. And she's like, are you guys torturing sense? Are you all sense? What's going on? Yeah. Like any it's kind Pleasantville. of Pleasantville. Like, yeah, there's kind of that Pleasantville feel to it. That's one of my favorite types of towns um, in any kind of video game. I think I think secrets. Like secrets. more than meets the eye secrets. is how I define something that's great in a game. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I think of towns, immediately my brain goes to Final Fantasy VII and the places I like and the places I don't really care about. I don't really care about the town of Calm. Yeah. It's nice. It's a nice respite. There's nothing there. There's nothing interesting going on. Wutai is very interesting because the whole town is out to fight you. Yeah. Because they're angry about an unjust war that was fought against them. And, like, that's an interesting story you get. So if a town introduces a new story, a little vignette about the world that builds that builds the world out into something bigger, then I'm all about it. You're always going to have your main hubs... Fallout 4 has Diamond City. Uh, we've got Midgar in 7. There's always going to be that one place where it's like, this is where you go if you want merchants. You're always going to go to Whiterun to to set up your first house in Skyrim. Always stuff like that. Did you watch the new Final Fantasy 7 trailer? I haven't yet. How, you keep Aristotle, have you watched the new Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 trailer? <laughs> he just went trailer? right past me. He just went right past did me. Did you like it? I did, yes. I did. Again, I've never played it. Uh, but excited Damn. to play it this time. Round. Yeah, man. They were doing squats, Jesse. I know, you told me. They were also, doing squats. Also, you know what's really important? What? Good music in that town. Yes, that's what makes it. Because Besaid and Final Fantasy X, I could hang out there forever. Yes. Forever. Because the song's so yeah, good. Yeah, because it's, it's just so chill. It's so chill. Yeah. I don't want to be in Luca in Final Fantasy X. God, no. Because the music is just kind of meh. It's like, ah, thank God I don't have to come back here to play Blitzball. Yeah, exactly. All right, question one for you, Keith. Yep. If you could retire to one video game location, where would you want to spend your golden years? Ooh, my golden years. So I'm old. Your olden years. My olden years. Yeah, that's they just put a G on the end, and they're like, nobody will figure it out. We get it. It's olden. Where, uh, wherever the new cyberpunk city takes place. Really? Yeah. Because I want to just be something gross and dirty. I was going to say, it's violent and crazy Yeah, just, there. just like, just like... 
call myself Shredder. Yeah. But I'm just shredding cheese all the time on the <laughs> side of the street. People are like, ah, it's just Shredder. And they're like constantly IDing me. And it's like, is a loser. What? <laughs> is old. <laughs> what would you do if all of Cyberpunk took place in Schenectady, New York? I'd be like, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's doing heroin and checking out their iPhone. I dig it. Butte. Oh, weird. Butte. Butte's number two for Let's Jesse. Get it. Let's get it. Which famous person would be a fair fight for you? Because he's always like, nah, I, I would get my, I'd get beat up. I couldn't take that guy. Who do you think? Jeremy Renner. That's, you really think that'd be like a... He's a little bit older. Oh, there it is. So he's got like, he's he's got the up on me in that he trains with like all sorts of people whenever he wants. He's got the money to do that. Uh, But he's a little bit older, so it'll even out. Do you think he's ever been in a fight? You've been fighting. I think Jeremy Renner fights. Like who? His I, agent? Who's he fight? <laughs> I Get bet, him. Get him, Aristotle. I bet he does like uh, jujitsu or something. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna fight Keanu. Keanu would choke me out in two seconds. Oh yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight Tom Hardy because uh, I just I just get lost in his eyes. Yeah. I just get I just, it's just be like Ugh. I'd fight Keanu. Yeah. Finally show everyone what's what. <laughs> Just yeah. be over Keanu's body. Like, I'm Keanu now. I, I think, as far as I know, Jeremy Renner is about our size. Is he? I he's think so. Is he short? I think we're so. Not so. Short, we're short, short. But he's we're like not, five, we're not that short. We're not, we're we're not, not that super short. Tall. I mean, <laughs> we're super, we're super I mean, tall. And, you saw and, me, be, he's pretty, pretty average height. He's pretty average, average height. We dropped we condoms drop, on the Germans ah. for our dick size. They're super <laughs> average. Uh, I, think, I think it would be a good fight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> A good fight. A good fight. He'd and, get a couple good blows. And, and I would fucking murder him. <laughs> if, anybody's, if anybody knows Jeremy Renner, you let him know I would kill His him. app sucks. Does he have an app? <laughs> Did you not know about his app? He had an app, but it also just got shut, shut down. down. What was his app? People were hacking. It was the Jeremy Renner app. He's also a musician now. Do you know that? He has an album. That's, that's what I'm saying. I bet he's taken like eight weeks of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he's like, I could fight him. Like, I'm going to stomp your ass. Yeah, I don't... What is, he's a musician now, I don't and know. he has like... I'm like, Whatever. who told him he can do anything he wants? Uh, who told him that? The Russell Crowe story. Do you know about that? No, who told Russell Crowe he could do whatever he wants? He was he, he, was he in a band? He He's a, he's a musician. He has, he has a solo album or two out, and he invited the creators... He invited Trey Parker and Matt Stone to, to a listening party. Oh, right. And yeah, and after the song he was like what do you guys think and everybody was just like it's great it's great it's great and matt was like i think at this point there's a little bit too much bass or whatever and then he just stared at him said nothing played the second song and asked nobody any questions for the rest of it just had them all listen to the songs clap and play the next oh, song and he was my. so clearly isn't that the guy that bought a dinosaur <laughs> yeah to, like give it back he also wanted there to be a gladiator sequel and when uh, when really come back from the dead, yeah, really Scott was like, well, but we he, he dies at the end, and he literally said, "That's for you to figure out." <laughs> I take it back. Oh. I fight Russell Crowe. Oh, that's a good one. All right, question two. Go for it. Let's say David Attenborough is narrating your life like a Planet Earth documentary. How does he describe you waking up in the morning? <laughs> As we see here, we see a 31-year-old lifeless, tiredless, <laughs> waking his eyes up, crow's feet in his eyes for the first time. Um, me waking up, here, here we see him gathering his mushrooms from <laughs> another human. Keith, uh, Keith likes to cook mushrooms in the morning and then, to uh, make with his eggs. They're and, very good. And then... Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know what else he could describe me as. A West Hollywood guy. <laughs> I don't know. How would you describe? How would you think he would describe me? He'd describe you. Yeah. <laughs> the Keith wakes early, three hours after sunrise, for yet another day of this horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be it. That, that might be it. Question three: What's the difference between the Jungle Book and Tarzan? There's a correct answer to this. <clears throat> One is hilariously whitewashed. I guess there's two answers to this. Tarzan was a white guy, and he was king of the jungle. <laughs> I was just going to say sex. Oh. That's it. Yeah. They're like, we found a boy in the jungle. That's it. I found a man in the jungle. And guys, I'm going to get him. I'm going to fuck. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that ripped ass oh, dude who yeah. fights apes all day. Ooh, Are you look kidding how me? how big his vine is. He does not treat me well. Aristotle uh, didn't like that dick joke. He hated that he dick hated joke. He hated that dick joke. Aristotle, what was it about that dick joke he didn't like? There's nothing to not like about <laughs> Question three, Keith, what's your limit break and what is it called? Oh, uh, I've had enough of this. And it's me finally standing up and go, that's it. I've, I'm done. I've had it. You scold You're your opponent. You're all good people in your own way and you should look better about yourselves. Thank you. <laughs> and I sit back down and it's like critical to everyone. Yeah. They all die. It's, very, it's, it's funny because it's not critical. It's not. It's very... Compliment. It's very progressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Uh, question four: Which friend's character are you? Um, my gut says Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but my mouth also says Gunther. I I don't know. I don't know if there's always a character who's just outside of of the camera lens. Who's just sitting down, shaking his head at all of them, being like, would you talk about something important for one goddamn second in your fucking privileged lives? But that's me. That's you. <laughs> Question four. If you had to marry any video game character, who would you pick? Okay. Okay. So when we're talking about this, mm -hmm. is it like day to day? Yeah. That's you, interesting. You wake up next to this person every day. Well, I want to gloat that I'm married to this, but like marrying this person means I get to be part of their life. Yeah. That's kind of more what I'm looking towards. But you're still I'm not Keith. trying to figure out if they make eggs well or something yeah. like that. No, but it's like- They cuddle well. It's like if, if you want to marry Laura Croft, you can, but know that she will be gone nine out of the 12 months of yeah, the year. I'm not so okay with that. Yeah? I'm not so okay. <laughs> You're not so okay with that? You know what? I want to have a family. Yeah. And Laura Croft, she was gone all the time. Yeah. I got to say, what's mom doing? Looking for stolen artifacts, sweetie. Well, You're why like, does she want to be here? I don't, I don't know. know. Why did she I have you? I don't know. You? You'd think that she would want to be an equal member in this family <laughs> and, and be a participant in her child's life. I mean, I'm Nathan Drake, and I had to stop what I was doing yeah. to, to raise you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, it wouldn't be Laura Croft. Um, it would probably be, I'd probably be married to whoever the dragonborn is, whatever it is. Oh. Like a lizard, a, <laughs> an Argonian, a, a cat, you don't care. I don't care. As long as I get to like, because like, did you hear about the dragonborn? I'm like, yeah, we have a kid together. <laughs> you want You sound so unhappy in that. <laughs> well, everybody knows who he is because you want to marry somebody, you're buying, you're, you're, you're getting into their life. You're, you're yeah. taking in their wealth. You're taking in their houses. Yeah. Everyone knows who they are. Okay. Who are you marrying? Uh, probably like Luca from uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, 
Question five, mm-hmm. even though it's your turn. Uh, question five. No, it's your it's your it's your turn. If you could bring one TV show back, which would it be? It's hard because a lot of times my shows get brought back and they're not <laughs> good. Uh, so I'm so sorry. Recent seasons of Arrested Development. Um, <laughs> I would love to see an updated, more dramatic version of Mash. Oh. Damn. I loved MASH. Uh, I watched MASH all the time when I was growing up, and it's one of my favorite shows. And to see MASH in, like, Afghanistan or Iraq would be pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, I remember being a baby watching MASH yeah. and hearing the laugh track. Yeah. And then it got serious. Mm-hmm. And even as a baby, I was like, the fuck is going on? What is this yeah. show? Yeah. What is this show? That show was back and forth. Like, it was Brady Bunch and then this, and I'm like, whoa, somebody really died. Yeah. Someone really died. One time they're like, oh, we're trying to win this boxing match by putting chloroform on a glove. <laughs> and then the next episode, they have the priest, and he's like, I watched the surgeons warm their bodies over the steam that rises from the cavities of the people they're performing surgery on. And then it's back to all the family. <laughs> it's like, it's a crazy show. Yeah. But I'm into it. I dig it. Keith, number five. It's the end of the world. Yes. An asteroid is about to hit and destroy Earth. Yes. You're standing on a rooftop watching with a group of people in complete silence. Yes. You realize you have the opportunity to say some last words and everybody will hear them. What do you say to this rooftop of people? Cake was waste time. <laughs> That's it. There's nothing in cake. There's nothing in cake. There's nothing in cake. It's just a waste of time. Am I wrong? Is there anything in cake? Is there anything in cake? I like cookies. There's stuff in cookies. I just cake. Guys, am I wrong? I'm picturing... I don't hate cake. It's just like it's a waste of time. What's wrong? What's, this this what? whole part is part of the speech. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wait, what? I'm picturing all of this as you're just saying it to everybody on the rooftop like, and nobody's <laughs> responding. <laughs> you've made, you've somehow made the end of the world so awkward that people are just like, I guess we gotta all die in this. Just, nobody is willing to be like, shut up. <laughs> you guys could have just gotten something other than cake for your birthdays. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. Jesse, what would you say to everybody? Um... I think it might be funny to just say knock knock. <laughs> douche. <laughs> just somebody who just who's that douche? Yeah. <laughs> so happy. Or just knock knock. Who's there? This. Wham. Just a wave of inferno takes out the crust of the earth. <laughs> or just like knock knock banana. Knock knock banana. Right. They're like, I hate this. I Gotta time I, it correctly. It also might be funny too, without breaking eye contact with the horizon that was about to engulf itself in flames to go, I slept with one of your spouses. <laughs> <laughs> this has been final this five. This has been final five. Keith, do you, have, do you have any last thoughts before we put out the Half Life episode? Go play Half Life. Go play Half Life. Go Half Life. You can go play the remaster of Half Life. Um, you can go play Half Life 2. Go play any of the Half-Life games. They basically give them away for free. Yeah. You just go get Steam. They're like, here, have them. Yeah. They just give them to it's you. It's a huge, a huge and, part and of video game jump history. Jump in. If you've never played a first-person puzzle shooter and you don't want to go around killing people like crazy, uh, try this out. For something that sold, I think, 9 million copies. Yeah. Uh, its impact 
ranges in the billions. Yes. Of games touched by this. Yeah. So it's it's a monumental leap forward in storytelling and uh, first person games and and cinematics and in just storytelling and games in general. Go play. Ha- I Go just, play half. I was just remembering uh, the little like helicopter drones that chase you down. They're like they have knives connected to them. They try to <laughs> run into you. So you'll be literally running down a tunnel, mm-hmm. and you'll start to hear something close running up, like getting closer. And you're like, it's those goddamn knife yeah. drones. It's just like it's just all coming back to me. I'm like, this is such a it's cool so good. Series. It's Great. so good. Go check it out. Go check it out. Did you get to the alternate ending? Yeah. Or I think there's a few, right? Well, there's or a couple. One? Yeah. Well, you can pick at the end if you go with G-Man or if you don't. And if you go with G-Man, the game just ends and you step into a portal to... And if you don't, you just die. He just sends well, you to battle all these aliens that are going to yeah. murder you. That's it. Oh, yeah. So those That's are your choices. It. He literally tells you, just like, I'll just put you in a room full of aliens and you'll die. And then the second one's like, Gordon, where have you been? And you're like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of unanswered questions. And everybody on the Steam forum was like, he was in purgatory. And the creators at Valve were like, no. 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 This isn't lost. No. We're going to stretch <laughs> this out to seven seasons and then basically be like, yeah, it kind of was purgatory, but we have a different name for it. Ooh, the sideways. Shut the fuck up. I want to be like, Gordon, you're late. I'm always late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm late late forever you owe me so many beers you all said you would buy me a beer give me a beer that's it for us guys sit back go home i don't know what are you doing 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 with your lives what are you doing you couple of yukes couple of yukes over here all right keith jesse aristotle half-life couple of yukes couple of yukes there's new players join goodbye goodbye You're obsessed with penises in your own juice. <laughs> you won't let women in, and you're obsessed with All penises. Oh, you're going to talk about dicks.